a movement caught his eye. Another dug had scuttled across the distance toward him. Anakin found himself face to face with his old enemy, Sabulba. Anakin's fingers itched for his lightsaber. But he saw immediately that Sabulba didn't recognize him. His gaze was hostile, but the hostility wasn't personal. Anakin smiled again. The smile infuriated Sabulba. What are you smiling at? And how dare you bully my son? He wasn't bullying me, father. Hakula whined at Hatiz. I am bullying him. You were doing a very poor job of it, Anakin answered in Hatiz. But that doesn't surprise me. How dare you, Sebulba roared. Prepare to die. Dylan quickly moved between them. Who's talking about dying, he said in a jovial tone. Let's save that for the pod race. Right, Hakula? I'd worry about crashing more than spies if I were you. I've seen you race. Hakula's long head thrust toward Dylan. You'll choke on my dust, son of a rat. Sabalba was more clever than his son. He grinned craftily and shot a look at Jala, who was standing by Hakula's pod racer, preparing a snack for the two dugs. I hope you're alive to see your sister wipe the floor under our feet for the next 50 years. Anakin and Deland both tensed, ready to strike. Dobie grabbed the hems of Anakin's and Deland's tunics. Just let them go, he murmured. We'll win the race. That is our better best revenge. Anakin saw Deland's hand clench and unclench. His own fingertips burned to slip his lightsaber from its sheath. Let's leave the cowards to their play, Sebulba sneered. He and Hakula slithered off, their footfalls clattering on the stony ground. You can beat him. The certainty in Anakin's voice made the two brothers turn to face him. With my help. Hakula has my old pod racer. I built it with my own hands. They may have painted it and buffed it, but I still know those engines. I know its weaknesses. I know how Sebulba cheats. I can help you win. Dobie and Deland exchanged a glance. We can't ask you to do that, Deland said. You're not asking. We can't pay you, Dobie said. All of our credits are tied up in the pod racer. We barely have enough to get home. I don't need credits, and I don't need thanks, Anakin said. I just need you to win. So you promised me inside information, Obi-Wan said to Didi. They could not locate an air taxi, and all the transits were full, so they had to walk to the swoop cellar. My son-in-law is an idiot. That's not exactly the kind of information I had in mind, Obi-Wan said mildly. Didi sighed. You'd think Astri would have more sense. Did I raise her to fall for the first tall, handsome idiot who walked through my door? I did not. Well, at least he's not a criminal, Obi-Wan said. Bog thinks that by serving on the council for the games, he'll get the backing of some important beings in the Senate, and that he'll be assigned important committee assignments. All he does is talk, talk, talk about how important his role is and what it will mean for his future. Didi mimicked a snore. Honestly, I don't know how Astri stands it. His big job has been arranging the seating for some big shot senators. Who diggity who? Didi, you said you had information, Obi-Wan said. 
this is complaining. I have plenty of information, Dee Dee said. How can I not? Bog never stops talking. <laughs> he never says anything worth listening to. Ha <laughs> ha, look, here we are. Dee Dee paused in front of a shop with closed Durasteel shutters. It doesn't look open, Obi-Wan observed. It's a very exclusive shop. Dee Dee turned to him. Remember, you don't have to say anything. Just stand there and give that Jedi-ish look. I think I can manage it, Obi-Wan said dryly. Dee Dee wrapped a rhythmic knock on the door. Several seconds later, the door slid open. Obi-Wan realized that the pause of the few seconds meant that they had just undergone some sort of security check. But the security measure seemed excessive for a swoop seller. Obi-Wan stepped into the dim interior, fully aware that Dee Dee could be leading him into his usual swamp of deception. Dee Dee didn't so much lie as leave crucial pieces of information out. You owe me one, Qui-Gon. Good afternoon, good afternoon, Dee Dee said to a massive creature who suddenly loomed out of the shadows in the shop. The being was two meters taller than Obi-Wan. Each 15-fingered hand was the size of a bantha haunch. There were six swoops parked in a random fashion around the open space. You may remember me, Dee Dee said. Dee Dee Ado, I was in yesterday. The massive creature said nothing, just watched Dee Dee with flat eyes. Then again, you may not, Dee Dee said nervously. This is my very good friend, the Great Jedi Knight, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan, this is the swoop seller, Uso Iso. The creature did not shift his gaze from Didi's face. Obviously, you are a creature of action, and I should get right to the point, Didi said. The swoop I bought yesterday, I have changed my mind. A flicker of alertness lit Uso Iso's opaque gaze. I would like my money back, Dee Dee said, trying to sound forceful. Finally, Uso Iso spoke. No. Dee Dee took a delicate step backward. One moment. He leaned back and whispered to Obi-Wan. Can't you draw your lightsaber or Jedi move something? You don't have to kill him. No, Obi-Wan said. A deal is a deal, Uso Iso said, crossing his huge arms. You are insulting me with your presence. I do not like to be insulted. Ah, uh, no insult intended, none at all, Didi said rapidly. Just a polite request. Surely there <laughs> beats a heart underneath that, um, magnificent physique. Two hearts, actually, Uso Iso said. He withdrew an electro-jabber from his belt. Would you like to continue the argument? Dee Dee froze, staring at the weapon. No argument, just a thought. Such a pleasant afternoon, we must be going. Dee Dee almost ran from the shop. Obi-Wan followed. The door slid shut behind them, and Obi-Wan turned to Dee Dee disgustedly. <laughs>